order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. And that was the big story from last night as President, former President Trump, as expected, announced that he is going to be running again in 2024. So the big question is, will the Republicans want to go with him? And we've got some statistics we'll get around to later, some surveys that show that uh, not necessarily. A lot of these surveys show Ron DeSantis as the guy they want. That'd be my pick. Yeah, I think that DeSantis, if he wants it, and which ultimately I know he will, um, is going to be the guy that they go with. But they had a lot of Trump supporters last night there, and um, it was quite a quite a speech, thirty minute speech. I watched it so I'd be ready for today. But um, statewide polls, I've seen DeSantis up 50-something to Trump's 30-something, so it's not even a, a close race. Yeah, now here's the thing, Jack. I'm curious, with the GOP, if Trump runs, do you think the GOP will tell DeSantis to kind of hold off on announcing anything? Well, I'm sure they will try, although most Republicans want to see DeSantis run. Yeah. We could always ask our listeners also uh, if they want to text in to 82945, start your text with WFLA. Trump or DeSantis, who would you vote for? Yeah, maybe, um, by the way, we do want to welcome the bodacious Dana McKay, who you've gotten to meet here in the past couple of days. Well, thank you. Good morning. As the newest member of the team here now, the triumvirate. (laughs) She's so quiet over there. (laughs) Well, I'm just kind of getting used to things. You know, this is my first day on with Jack, and I'm honored to be here. Uh, So, and if you want to see what I look like, uh, you can go to the AM Tampa Bay blog at WFLANews.com. Or AMChampaBay.com. AMChampaBay.com. We've got a picture of her right there. And uh, a few other good things on that blog, by the way, too. But, of course, Dana's going to be in charge of keeping that log up to speed. And a lot of other things around here, too. Again, part of the triumvirate, Jack and James and Dana, henceforth. Um, I forgot what I was going to bring up here. <laughs> I know we were talking about Trump. Oh, yeah. We'd like to hear from you, uh, your thoughts about it. If, um, you know, if you think he's the guy to do it or if you think this is a waste of time or whatever. But it was an interesting 30 minutes. We got something I'll get around to when we uh, have time, but ages of people running for president. And DeSantis would be, I think, the second youngest president ever if he were elected. And who was the youngest? JFK was pretty young, wasn't he? Uh, Yeah, but JFK was just barely older than 
Uh, he was 47. Bill Clinton was 47. Ulysses Grant was 47. DeSantis would be 46 if it's he as- ran in 24. And the youngest, Teddy Roosevelt, believe it or not, when he became president, was only 39. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either until I checked it out there. Anyway, it's 510 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check on traffic now with John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trankman in here from the newsroom. And at 14 minutes after 5, what's going on this morning, Chris? Well, good morning, Jack. There are mixed reactions from the GOP to former President Trump announcing another White House run. Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene endorsed Trump along with Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona. But retiring Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson said there were better choices, and he complained that Trump's self-indulging message that promotes anger didn't work in 2022. So he doesn't think it'll work in 2024. The elephant in the room, though, Jack, is what Ron DeSantis thinks. Yeah. He was asked about that yesterday during one of his news conferences, and he would not say anything about Trump other than look at the scoreboard, meaning look at Florida's results versus the others around the country when it comes to Republican elections. Yeah, I think, um, and I've got some surveys that have been done that uh, DeSantis is far, far more popular with the Republicans than Trump is. And, uh, of course, this is what Chris ran against uh, DeSantis, saying he's not going to stay here. He wants to go to a national office. He doesn't want to be governor of Florida. Right. And I think he might have been right to the uh, aspect that in – 2024, DeSantis is going to be departing and becoming probably the president of the United States. Usually, though, candidates don't announce this early. So Trump is sort of bucking the trend in in that he's running uh, well in advance of when the other candidates would likely say something about it. Typically, if you want to run for president, you'll do so after the holidays, uh, probably after January when the new Congress is sworn in. Yeah. And then is the real campaign season. Uh, You know, that's when things really get going and fundraising starts. But Trump already has a lot of money, you know, through a lot of his uh, fundraising efforts to stop the steal and some of the other uh, uh, things he's been promoting through email and and other efforts. He's got about $100 million right now. So he's more than ready to start a campaign. Uh, Exactly how that would look, though, without the support of the, the heavy hitters in the Republican Party, and maybe even some of the conservative media. Apparently, uh, there was a report that Rupert Murdoch, the owner of Fox, talked to Trump and said he's not on board for a third run, which would be a much different scenario than the last two times. Yeah, definitely so. So that's one of the big questions. And so far, Governor DeSantis just isn't ready to uh, make any commitment to the presidential run one way or the other. But you got to figure it's coming at some point. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He reads the surveys, too. (laughs) So Florida Senator Rick Scott has been busy. He is trying to be the leader of Senate Republicans after their disaster during the midterms where they failed to take control of the chamber. Senator Scott says he's going to try and knock out Mitch McConnell, 
who has held the leadership position for Republicans in the Senate since 2007. And a lot of Republicans have been very unhappy with the job McConnell has done. Yeah. Well, they didn't win. and yeah. But at the same time, though, McConnell had warned uh, some of the GOP leaders in various states that some of the candidates that had been nominated were not good. Uh, Scott claims that McConnell didn't properly fund some of these candidates. And uh, Rick Scott, though, is taking criticism because he was the head of the uh, re-election committee for the Republicans in the Senate. So it was his job to go out and promote these guys and get them elected. He was guaranteeing 52 seats before the election on Tuesday. And obviously Scott fell short. So there's quite a few people who aren't exactly excited about Rick Scott being the leader of the Senate, especially when you consider some of his positions on Medicare, Social Security, and other popular programs. He wants to shut those programs down Oh yeah, and use the money for something else. Very unpopular. That's right. With a lot of folks across the country. and so, I, so as of right now, Jack, I don't know if Rick Scott has the votes to take out Mitch McConnell, but we don't know yet. They haven't, haven't yeah. had the vote. We'll have to wait and see, but it's interesting. Everybody expecting a red sweep, which did not occur, but they did get control of the uh, House, apparently. and just, Yeah, they're almost there. I think they're about uh, one seat short before they... Their chinny-chin-chins lost the Senate. That's right. And obviously, there's going to be a change in strategy, you would think, for 2024. Yeah. So a NASA mission aimed at eventually putting astronauts back on the moon is underway. The space agency successfully launched the Artemis One moon rocket early this morning from the Kennedy Space Center. It is an uncrewed mission that will take several weeks to surface, uh, circle the moon, and then come back. The idea being that we're pretending there are astronauts in there. And yeah. we want to see if the thing functions properly before I'm we send people up there. I'm surprised they were able to get that thing off on time. And it was about 105, something like that, this morning. Well, it was it was delayed a little bit. It was supposed to go up uh, around that time. It ended up going at 147. Oh, okay. So Darn, it had a I short delay. It. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I didn't because I <laughs> talked to Joy. I said, do you want to set the alarm, get up and watch that thing go? She said, no. Yeah. <laughs> but well, if we had, we'd have gotten up and then had to wait till 147. That's right. That would have been the end of your sleep for the night. Yeah. You know, they, they said that because of the weather conditions, it was going to be so clear across the whole state that if you did get up, um, you probably could have seen it from here. Oh, yeah. Even though we're, you know, about, a, about as far away across the state as you can get from the from the launch. Uh, but that's the that's the case when it's clear enough. You, and this rocket, keep in mind, I mean, it's the biggest rocket ever built. So yep. it's as bright as you're going to get at night when one goes up. And from uh, from all accounts, it was a spectacular launch. I would love to have watched it. Yep. Well, I'm watching it on video. Look, look pretty good. I was fortunate, Jack, to see the the last space shuttle launch over at Cape Canaveral uh, when they were you know retiring the program, and it was a night launch. It was the last night launch, not the final, final launch. And it's just unbelievable when you're over there and you see those because they're so bright. It, it oh, feels yeah. like daytime for for a good couple of minutes, you know. Yeah. It really is just a, you know, breathtaking experience. Yeah, you must it. have been really close. I've been over there for launches, you know, a couple of miles away, and it's pretty fascinating from there. But if... yeah where you are were was just very close i guess well we were at the press site 
and that's as close as you're allowed to get. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was really something. I've I've got some pretty good pictures of it. It uh, it was just one of those things where you know you you hoped that there would be another day when they would have launches like that. And if this Artemis thing goes well, hopefully we'll see many more. Yeah. Um, the other launches of Artemis were supposed to go in the daytime, and it was just crowds and crowds of people out there at the, you know, along the coastline. Uh, I think this one came up pretty quickly, it seemed like, and, and not as many people were able to get out there uh, in advance of this liftoff. But it's still a huge event, and I guarantee you there's a ton of people lined the coast to see it. Yep, and it's good that this one, with which they've had so much trouble this thing is uh, they've had to work on it again and again and again that it works that's right that's so far so good we'll see what it does when it gets to the moon you know it takes yeah. a little while to get out there and then it's going to orbit the moon this one doesn't have a lander um but it will circle the moon as you know one of the rockets will do i think yep. there's a couple of different types of missions they have for the moon one one is a uh, an orbiting mission there's also the one that will have a lander that will actually land on it, similar to the way it was back in 1969 when yep. the Eagle landed on the moon. The Eagle has landed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This time, though, Jack, we'll have some HD pictures to see. Uh, yeah. When the thing orbits the moon, we'll, we'll get some higher definition pictures than we saw uh, from the Apollo missions. And we'll see, we'll see how things look up at the moon these days. Yep. Sounds so, good. See if the weather is any better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, it's 5.22, and Chris will have more coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. 5.22, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.26 on AM Tampa Bay. And if you want to join us, call us at 800-969-9352. You can text us at 82945 and start your text with the call letters WFLA. That's 82945. And how can they do it on the app? We've got our talkback feature on the free iHeart Radio app. Just stream News Radio WFLA. By the way, you could hear us in crystal clear sound if you do that. But there's a microphone on the app screen. You tap it and you can record a message up to 30 seconds long. And we want to hear from you. So give us a call or go to the app. By the way, what Trump is trying to do, only one president in history has been elected to two non-consecutive terms then we'll check your uh, history learning in there do you know who that was dana this is all you i want to say it was teddy roosevelt but i don't know no it was grover cleveland okay who was elected president in 1884 I wasn't born then. And he lost in 88, but then he won in 92. I'm going to have to brush up on my history because I have a feeling I'm going to be challenged like this quite often. <laughs> it, it does happen. It does happen here. Uh, well, anyway, that's that polling data. And I've got uh, presidential election odds out of Las Vegas. Ah, win some money on this. Yeah, we'll get into those, but I will tell you, um actually trump is in third place there the lower your number the better and desantis is a plus 220 biden is plus 375 
and Trump is plus 400. So then people are wanting DeSantis is how I read I'm not a gambling man here, so. Neither yeah. am I. Yeah, that means DeSantis has the best odds. Okay, gotcha. If you're going to be betting, you want to bet on him. Not a gambling man, just a rambling man. <laughs> I can understand that because Trump, he just says a lot of things that are not, uh, just he shouldn't say them. And so DeSantis, I feel like, is a lot more polished and respectful most of the time. And Trump just kind of loses people on that stuff. Yeah, it comes down yeah. to attitude at times. Like Trump's policies, amazing, incredible. My 401k was incredible under Trump. Not so much right now. <laughs> Very true. We'll get around to some other names here and where they stand. Tell you where Hillary Clinton is. Oof. Look way down. Yeah. <laughs> She's it's even fine. on the list? <laughs> She's on the list, but there are about 20 people on the list. <laughs> it's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And we're going to find out now what is trending. And it's Dana McKay who Woo-hoo! can tell us. Taylor Swift broke Ticketmaster yesterday. She had a pre-sale for her Eras tour, and fans were shut out because the website was so overwhelmed it couldn't handle the traffic. Now, Ticketmaster says they prepared for an increase in traffic because they know how popular Taylor Swift is, but they ended up having twice the amount of traffic they anticipated. So the whole thing was broken. My daughter actually called me yesterday because she was online trying to get tickets to the show at Ray J or one of the three shows at Ray J. And she was so frustrated. She said, mom, every time I click on the little dots to buy the tickets, they disappear. And they were just popping off the screen. And she was very frustrated as were a lot of people. I mean, my Facebook feed yesterday was all people who were trying to get these tickets. And of everyone posting about it, I have one friend who managed to get her hands on some Taylor Swift tickets. So, so. that one, wow. that one friend gets to shake it off. Yes, <laughs> yes she does. Oh, so, yeah. so today, I believe Ticketmaster is going to try again. So hopefully, people who had a pre-sale code will be able to go onto Ticketmaster.com a little bit later today and hopefully have some success. Well, let's hope so, but. It's going to be a big, big one. I mean, we've had some humongous things like that in the past. I mean, way in the past. Yeah, well, Taylor Swift is big, and she's got three shows at Ray J. And my daughter even said, Mom, there's three shows. I can't believe it's this hard to get tickets to even one of them. And I was like, we're talking about Taylor Swift here. I feel like she is the biggest tour right now that's coming in the next year. Yep, that sounds like it's going to be the thing. So this was one of the jokes I found funny on uh, on Facebook today. Somebody said, must be called the Eras Tour, because if you try to log into Ticketmaster, all you get are era messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a good name for it, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So she is here April 13th, 14th, and 15th at Ray J. And good luck to anyone trying to hop on today and get tickets for themselves, for their kids, for their grandkids. Um, hopefully it, uh, it all goes well today. It is going to be packed, and you want to stay away from Himes and Dale Mabry. 
for sure. Before and after the concerts. Oh, definitely. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be gonna be crazy. Oh, and if you if you don't have success getting your tickets today, there are some on StubHub for about thirty five thousand dollars a piece. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. You ought to be able to buy a whole section for that. I know, right? It's a little out of my price range. And does that include a meet and greet, too? Yeah. Well, that makes it a little better, but that ought to be enough to take your seat home. I know, right? <laughs> well, there you go with what's trending with Dana. And it's 541. Time to check in with what's trafficking with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And I've got our This Day in History presented by the Duncan Duo. November 16th in 1776 in the Revolutionary War, British and Hessian units captured Fort Washington from the Patriots. 1793, the French Revolution, 90 dissident Roman Catholic priests are executed by drowning at Nance. 1822, the American Old West, Missouri trader William, that's T-R-A-D-E-R, William Becknell arrived in Santa Fe, New Mexico over a route that became known as the Santa Fe Trail. 1863, in the Civil War, in the Battle of Campbell's Station, Confederate troops unsuccessfully attacked Union forces, which allowed General Ambrose Burnside to secure Knoxville, Tennessee. 1871, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, got its charter from New York State. 1885, Canadian rebel leader of the Metis and father of Manitoba, Louis Riel is executed for treason. 1904, English engineer John Ambrose Fleming got a patent for the therm- uh, thermionic valve. Today we call that the vacuum tube. 1907, in Indian Territory and Oklahoma Territory, they joined to form Oklahoma which was admitted as the 46th U.S. state. 1914, the Federal Reserve Bank of the U.S. officially opened. 1933, the U.S. and the Soviet Union established formal diplomatic relations. 1938, LSD is first synthesized by Albert Hoffman from Ergotamine at the... uh, Sandus Laboratories in Basel, and I don't know where that is. 1940, World War II, in response to the leveling of Coventry by the German Luftwaffe, uh, two days before, the Royal Air Force bombed Hamburg. 1940, in the Holocaust, in occupied Poland, the Nazis closed off the Warsaw Ghetto from the outside world. And a lot of Jewish people were killed. 1940, New York City's mad bomber, George Metesky, places his first bomb at a Manhattan office building used by Consolidated Edison. 1945, UNESCO is founded. United Nations Economic Science and something 
organization. In 1965, the Venera program, the Soviet Union, launched the Venera 3 space probe toward Venus, which would be the first spacecraft to reach the surface of another planet. 1973, the Skylab program, NASA launched Skylab 4 with a crew of three astronauts from Cape Canaveral for an 84-day mission. 1973, that same day, President Richard Nixon signed the Trans-Alaska Pipeline Authorization Act into law, uh, authorizing the construction of the Alaska Pipeline. Of course, we're not allowed to use those things anymore. In 1990, pop group Milli Vanilli are stripped of their Grammy Awards because the duo did not sing at all on the Girl You Know It's True album. Session musicians had provided all the vocals. And finally, in 1945, the first meeting of the Tampa Port Authority Board. And, of course, they're still around today, and the port has grown unbelievably. This Day in History, presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now at jointheduo.com. And that is our Today in History. Uh, and coming up here, we've got Rory O'Neill that we're going to be talking to about Trump. And by the way, in case you missed it, the Bolts beat the Stars in OT last night at Amelie Arena 5-4. to four. That was quite a game. Oh, yeah. It's 549. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. This on will News not Radio be WFLA. This will not be my campaign. This will be our campaign altogether. And at 553, we're joined now by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter and our regular here. And um, Rory, it looks like Trump has officially thrown his hat into the ring for 2024. Uh, but reading a lot of the surveys here now, it looks like he is pretty much in second place to DeSantis as far as popularity. Well, right. Certainly, Governor DeSantis has uh, momentum on his side after his big win in the midterms last week. A lot of people see him as, uh, you know, Trump light or Trump without all the social media baggage. You know, a lot of people love the Trump policies. They just wish he'd stay off the Internet. But uh, I think that's one of the reasons uh, that, that we've seen this rising star uh, in uh, Governor DeSantis. Yeah, so it'll be interesting looking at just about every survey they've done. Um, some of just Republicans and other of people in general, DeSantis seems to be pretty popular. Yeah, I think there was a, oh, it was a Politico, I forgot who they worked with for their poll that came out uh, yesterday morning saying 65% of Americans wish that former President Trump would stay former President Trump and would not uh, get back into presidential politics. So that's a big number to overcome. And uh, as you pointed out, you know, there's an awful lot of buzz surrounding Governor DeSantis right now. 
Yeah, and if Trump were morning to... Morning consult. That's what it is. Morning consult. That was the other yeah. pollster. If Trump were to be reelected, he would be only the second president ever to have non-consecutive terms. Yeah, a, a little bit of history there. So we had a big crowd that uh, filled one of the ballrooms at Mar-a-Lago last night. Uh, the speech went a lot longer than I thought it would. It was just over an hour. I thought it would be a, a bit shorter than that. But, uh, you know, it was uh, pretty typical of former President Trump. Uh, he read from the teleprompter a lot, but went off script an awful lot, too. Oh, yeah, definitely so. But um, a lot of these surveys, it's pretty much looking like it's going to be a battle between Trump and DeSantis, and in all probability, whoever does win that one will become the next president. Well, now, Jack, you're assuming Governor DeSantis is running. He has not. He has not made any such announcement. So, we'll, you know, we're, we're keeping that in our back pocket. But I think part of the reason the former president announced now was to clear the field of some GOP candidates. Uh, you know, like Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or. Mike Pompeo and Mike Pence, you know, maybe they won't bother to run now. Uh, but certainly, all eyes are now focused on Governor DeSantis to see if he'll announce uh, his next political move. He's barely been real. He hasn't even started his second term yet as Florida's governor. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, and this is what he was criticized by Chris, saying he doesn't want to be governor. He wants to be something at the federal level, the president or vice president. So you elect him governor, and he's not going to be here for four years. All right, Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I should not do this. What's the name of Florida's lieutenant governor? Oh, Lord. Um, I had well, a, She's probably going to be our next governor. So you Yeah, know, oh, that's true. Her. That's true. I had a story about her a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've forgotten. You're not going yeah, to tell so me? That's going to be an interesting get. Yeah, Jeanette Nunez. Yeah. There you go, Nunez, Governor Nunez. <laughs> so that would be Florida's first female governor, right? So Yeah, and that'll be... Uh, that may be in the cards, too. Yep, that's very true, come to think of it. Well, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out, but we'll talk to you again tomorrow, Rory. All right, thanks, Jack. Thank you, Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter, and on Twitter, at Radio Rory. It's 5.57 on AM Tampa Bay. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you on this Wednesday as we engage in our diurnal dulcetory dialogue here. Jack Harris... And Dana McKay and James Berlander, the yep, yep. trio on hand here this morning. And, of course, if you want to join us, give us a call at 800-969-9352 or text us at 82945. Begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And we got some birthdays to begin with here. Uh, James Benedict, who... I think goes by Jim Benedict. What's up, Jimmy? Yep. John Trim, Paula Snow, Dan Whitaker, Mike Williams, Mary Delgado Cordamenos, Robert Uhis, and I think he's over on the other coast now, but 
guy I used to work with in TV, Clarence McKee. Hmm. So a happy birthday to James, John, Paula, Dan, Mike, Mary, and Robert here. And you all have birthdays? Miss Dana? I do. Uh, I just have one today. Sue Drowns. She's my sorority sister. And happy birthday to Sue. And I've got Jen Rayborn and Ansley Sakari. So happy birthday to one and all. Happy birthday to each and every one of those, for sure. Um, well, I think we're out of time here for our jokes. We'll get around to those in a minute, I guess. And it's... Oh, we got a couple minutes here. Oh, yeah, we still have a couple of minutes. Okay, let me squeeze these in. Uh, a man's home is his castle, in a manner of speaking, M-A-N-O-R, I thought I saw an eye doctor on an Alaskan island, but it turned out to be an optical illusion. <laughs> she was only a whiskey maker, but he loved her still. Uh, a rubber band pistol was confiscated from an algebra class because it was a weapon of math disruption. <laughs> and... Have you all got anything better than those? Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Try to, try to beat Jack's jokes here. I, I actually think this one is kind of cute. My dog accidentally swallowed a whole bag of Scrabble tiles. We took him to the vet to get him checked out. No word yet. <laughs> nice. That's good. <laughs> and I've got one. Where do clowns get their air from? Where do clowns get their air? Yeah. Uh, let me think. From babies. No. Airs, H E I R S. No, the bozone layer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Let's see. No matter how much you push the envelope, it'll still be stationary. <laughs> <laughs> These are getting worse as we go along. You could always submit your own jokes to us, 82945. Just uh, start your text and your joke with WFLA. Yes, please do. Lord knows we need them. Got to get some from George Carl and from Ben Ritter. Those are our jokesters. Hey, in a moment, you're going to hear from Ted Webb about our newest member of the team here. Well, something he wrote, yeah. So uh, you want to stand by for that. It's 610 on AM Tampa Bay and time for John Thomas and traffic. Lakeland on approved credit. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Yep, it's Jack and James and Dana here. And um, at 14 minutes after 6... Um, and Dana, Ted Webb used to write about, kind of do bios on people in radio. Yeah, where are they now? And people loved, yeah, where are they now? I think that's what it was called. Yep. Yes, it's whereartheynow.com. The website is still there. And I used to work on our sister station, 93.3 FLZ, back wow 20 years ago and so i got to know ted at the time he actually took my daughter's baby pictures because he was into photography too and so i thought it would be nice to share what he wrote about me back then um, on his website where are they now.com and it was very nice so this is what ted webb had to say about me 
Caddy, sharp, and a wit to match without par in the Bay Area, perhaps the entire country. You can hear energy in her voice. She loves what she is doing. This pretty lady is at the top of her game and can be expected to go far. The sky is the limit for Dana. And that came from Ted Webb. And it is so true. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to make you feel old or anything. I, I, I grew up listening to I was I think I was in high school back then. I, that does make me feel a little old. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. It's, it's strange for me to be at a point where somebody can say that they grew up listening to me. Yeah. But yes, I get, isn't that old. <laughs> I do get told that I look a little bit younger than I am, but <laughs> like 23. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh but my. that's I, I think I was probably 24, 25 when I started working at 93.3 FLZ. Right. Well, son of a gun. There you go. You get it from Ted Webb. Yes. Good so. old Teddy. And that's why we call it Webb's Day. I lo- oh, it is Webb's Day, too. Yes. Woohoo. Webb's Day, yeah. And we hope someday, if council will get off their stinking butts, that we're going to get a road named Webb's Way, Ted Webb's Way. I love it. Do you have a location where you think that should be? Somewhere in West Tampa, where he was born and raised. Perfect. And, uh, I mean, they do that. They honor people all over Tampa with, of course, you can't change the name of any road. That's since they changed Buffalo to MLK Road. But you you can honor somebody, and they're doing it everywhere. And for some reason, we can't get city council to do anything about it. And people love this guy. you got to keep on fighting for it. Yeah. That and getting our walk of fame we've got so many famous people around here that should be honored on that absolutely and it would be a great tourist draw to uh be in that park across the river from um from curtis hickson park should we start julian a petition? b lane julian b lane park that's a great idea start a petition <laughs> put it on the blog and get people to sign it well that would be a good idea i can work on that I don't know why council, there's been a couple of people from there that said, yeah, we'll get that done. Both of them, zilch, nada. Have you gone to a meeting to show up and, and talk to them face-to-face? No, but I was invited to go to a state legislature meeting. The other project we have is trying to get the state bird changed from a northern mockingbird to a seabird of some kind because we've got more coastline than any other state. And we've got all of these seabirds, gulls, flamingos, uh, ibises, everything. I don't know how I feel about a seagull being the state bird of Florida. <laughs> well, what we would do is let the school kids vote on it. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. And it would be a legacy for them. What do you think the state bird should be, Dana? I was always thinking like flamingo or something, but I think Jack shot me down on that idea. Well, flamingos, I, I think, are very popular. They might win yeah. with the kids. I kind of like ibises because there are so many of them, and you see them walking and swimming and flying and true. all of that stuff. Well, and we have cranes that are beautiful, I'm sure, because James and I live in the same area, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cranes that walk around, and they're families. Like they're, they're family-oriented birds because we always see the mom, the dad, and then the little yeah. baby cranes walking around. Oh, always it's the sweetest holding thing. holding up traffic, too. Yes, yeah, holding up traffic. It's a little <laughs> bit much when they're right outside my window in the morning. <laughs> but <laughs> they're a good bird. Well, speaking of seagulls, actually, it's funny that this got brought up because on the blog today at amchampabay.com i just posted a video 
of a seagull swooping down and eating food right out of a woman's mouth. That's scary and disgusting. Out of a woman's mouth? Yes, she's trying to eat something. I can't even tell what it is. It looks like a piece of raw chicken, and as she's holding it up... Raw chicken? That's what it looks like. As she's holding it up, putting it into her mouth, a seagull swoops down, puts his feet on her face, and grabs the piece of chicken. It's the craziest thing. And she doesn't bite the thing off? And I don't think she has time to. I mean, it all happens so fast. <laughs> oh, but, my Lord. Yes, hello, Bird, and hello, Salmonella. Check that out at amchampabay.com. Yep, amchampabay.com. Daniel James Scott's going to be joining us in the next half hour, and I'm dying to talk to him more about Bitcoin and because there's more and more talk that we're going to be having all our cash taken away from us and we're going to be living on Bitcoin. And there are a lot of older people like myself that wonder, what the heck is Bitcoin and how do we use it? But yeah, I don't want to move to a moneyless system just yet. I like having cash in my pocket. I do, too. That's what we'll find out from Daniel James Scott coming up. And if you have any tech questions, call Dana and we'll ask him. It's 620 on AM Tampa Bay and time for John Thomas and Traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 624, Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, joins us right now. And uh, Aaron, you've got a new report talking about the contrast between smoking pot and smoking cigarettes. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So we're we're getting more data now that marijuana's illicit status uh, is is dying down. So it, that that status had long discouraged any substantial research into the long term effects of marijuana use, but we're getting them now. And it turns out that for age matched marijuana smokers, they had higher rates of emphysema, ninety three percent, than tobacco only smokers at sixty seven percent. This is according to uh, research published. In the Journal of Radiology, it comes out of a study that was conducted at Ottawa Hospital in Ontario. And also what it found is that bronchial thickening in 64% of marijuana smokers was apparent versus 42% of tobacco-only smokers. And a condition, that that specific one, the bronchial thickening, it leads to excess mucus buildup. And that can cause very big problems down the line. So it also found that marijuana smokers, which is a shock to no one who smokes marijuana, they tend to take deeper breaths and hold the smoke in longer, which causes more of an irritant. But I was pretty surprised to learn that it was worse than cigarette smoking. Worse than? Yeah, is there any other way that you can take marijuana, like consuming it? Uh, There sure is, yeah. You can, any sort of edible, to mitigate this risk, you just consume an edible of any sort, whether it's a gummy or, you know, a brownie, anything that in a way to get it down into your body that isn't involving smoking. If you have any sort of concern about asthma or or other conditions, it it would be much better to consume it that way, according to this study. Yeah, the, um, well, I've had it many, many years ago. In fact, there's an old friend of mine and co-host here with me, Ted Webb, that got me onto that one time. But, um... It was okay, and now it's they're making it legal uh, all across the country. In fact, you get the feeling, although the feds haven't made it legal yet, it's 
been declared illegal in so many states, and uh, they're talking about here in the state of Florida doing the same thing, making it legal. Um, and, of course, you've got the uh, marijuana to be used medically that is legal in most places, but people want to do it recreationally. And I think in the not-too-distant future, it'll be legal all across the country. I would not be surprised, yeah. I would actually be surprised if in the not-too-distant future it wasn't legal across the country because, it, it you know, if you look at the, the risks relative to drinking, they seem to be lower. But it's good that we're getting actual data now about the risks associated with smoking it because it, 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 no judgment. Whoever wants to do what they want to do with their own body, that's that's your liberty and your right. That is wonderful. But having the knowledge to make the best decision for you and having the data and the information is also an important part of the process. And now we're able to study it in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. And it's spreading for sure all across the country. Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. You too. And it's coming up on 628. Daniel James Scott, our tech expert, will be with us in the next half hour. And again, when I ask him about this thing with Bitcoin, because it looks like Bitcoin is going to be taking over. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637... Uh, Dana McKay, who's our dope of the day? Well, I feel like I've got a good one for you. My first dope of the day. People in Texas say a 25-year-old man jumped on top of a moving 18-wheeler and started to dance, allegedly recording himself on video while he did so. (laughs) Anything for TikTok. And when the truck... Passed under a bridge, the man was slammed into the overpass and knocked off the top of the truck, landing on the freeway. He was rushed to the hospital, and he was later pronounced dead. Yes. Now, the driver of the truck had no idea that someone was dancing on top of his vehicle. Hmm. My Lord. The things people will do to try to go viral on social media. Oh, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good dope of the day. Oh, that is. (laughs) Very tragic dope of the day, but... It is. Certainly doping. Yes. Ah, unbelievable. Hey, I've got ages here, and I looked these up just to see if DeSantis, if he were elected president in 2024, if he would be the youngest ever i think he'd be 46 he'll be 46 so he would be from 46 to 50 if he were elected and uh teddy roosevelt is the only one that would have been younger roosevelt was 39 when he became president uh jfk bill clinton and ulysses grant were all 47 when they were elected but DeSantis would be 46, and, of course, Biden is 79. And Biden's the oldest, right? I think, yeah. Pretty sure, yeah. He is. He'll be 80 on Sunday. He's going to be having a birthday then. But if he gets a second term, he would be 
80 to 82 to 86 years old. Um, whereas, well, Trump would be 78 to 82 if he right. were elected in 2024. So he's getting up there in years as well. But just interesting to see the ages of these guys. And I'm going to write in your name for president, Jack. <laughs> Then I would be one of the oldest. I would be the oldest. <laughs> How would you feel about running the country right now, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll let somebody else do it. <laughs> I'd rather do the morning show. Yes. <laughs> Much better. A lot more fun. By the way, I got to mention this. Um, I couldn't believe it. In, in the Bucks game over in Munich, everybody was singing and getting caught up in the song take me home country roads oh, yeah they're passionate over there i couldn't believe it and i mean that's the theme song of west virginia i mean i love that thing i remember interviewing john denver after it had become a hit way back in the 70s but i wonder how that became a big hit over there mm-hmm. mountain mama west virginia west virginia mountain mama but I guess maybe they've got mountain mamas and mountain papas over there or something. Yeah, I think it's just a feeling that that song evokes, too. Even if you're not from West Virginia, that song just has a lot of feeling to it. Yep, it certainly does. Love it, love it. It's 641 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas now with traffic. Computer got you all comboozled? It's the techno babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it is great to get Daniel James Scott in here because um, I want to talk to you about that Bitcoin thing. I I think we've talked about it before, but it looks like that Bitcoin is going to replace cash. And I don't know how people are going to feel about that. I like cash. In some form or fashion, yeah. I mean, the one thing we've said before is nobody carries cash anymore. So the idea that it sits in a ledger somewhere, eh, maybe it's okay. Whether it's Bitcoin, I mean, that's a concern given some of the the things that happened this week with the FTX exchange. I don't think a lot of people uh, of, of my generation or younger have seen a bank run in their lives. So it's a little terrifying to see a market collapse and then watch the residual impact of other markets collapse or other uh, buyers of assets collapse. Uh, it is. It's quite terrifying. And I think it will get a lot of people thinking, is that really, you know, are we have we vetted this well enough for us to feel comfortable regulatory wise? But also, is it does is there enough control from the government to be able to do this without um, hucksters coming in and being able to move assets relatively freely um, and and create real winners or losers. Ah, Jack Jack just pulled out a wad of cash, totally <laughs> proving me wrong. <laughs> I always like to carry cash. How about you, James? Yep, Berlander in there. <laughs> What's up? Do you carry cash? I do carry a lot of cash, yeah. Don't and, rob me, though. And I'm guessing... Women all do. So, oh, really? Dana, do you carry cash? (laughs) I um, I, I don't always have cash on me, but I do lately because I have a ten-year-old son who's in school who always wants a Kona ice uh, when they come to the uh, school. So I do carry cash for that sometimes. Oh wow! (laughs) You know, maybe I'm on the wrong side of this, Jack. I got to start. 
if listen, if I had any uh, any FTT tokens, I, I think uh, clear clear the decks. I need to go back to cash. At least <laughs> yeah. I can spend it, right? <laughs> yeah. But this has been quite the week in, in tech. I think it's it's shaken a lot of people's confidence. You see. Uh, Meta, which is formerly Facebook, laid off 10,000. You got Amazon laying off another 11,000. And not warehouse workers, technology workers. Yeah, what is the deal on all that? Cost cutting, um, getting effective, getting getting lean. And it seemed like tech was the economic savior, right? We're going to hire all these people at great wages. And that was a huge promise. It's going to be the future. Time. Yeah. yeah. And now we just don't, we don't have that. And of course, you know, trust in tech is falling at the same time. So you're losing jobs and you're losing trust. We just saw a lawsuit come out against Apple that the company is still tracking us even when we turn the trackers off, which is something you've been saying for three years now. Oh, yeah. Is the fo- Daniel, the phone is tracking me. I know it, even though I've got I, I've done everything you told me to do. <laughs> and it's I swear I'm talking to Joy and, and, and still tracking us. Turns out you're right, um, at least according to this lawsuit. And then... If, if you if you have the economic decrease and you have the trust decrease and you start seeing it all happen like a landslide, that's a lot of momentum to come back against and say, oh, yeah, definitely let's put our currency out there on that blockchain. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that uh, you've talked to about the phones before and GPS and how it knows exactly where you are, the speed you're going and what the speed limit is where you oh, are. Yeah at any given time and uh i mean one of the cards we have up on the thing it always shows what the speed limit is where you are and it changes when the speed limit does and of course it tells you what you're doing and it'll start flashing if you go over the speed limit and uh but it just blows my mind with those gps's that joy has on her phone and it'll say Two more traffic lights make a right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you and I love that, so we've opted in. I, I'm going to really follow this trial because I'm very curious as to what information is being tracked when we say no, right? And also, yeah. more importantly, is that being reused? So if Apple is trying to spin up an advertising unit, which they are, is that that same GIS or GPS information, is that being used to, to retarget advertising? If that's the case, then... I'm in no better position than if Facebook was doing that. I don't trust Apple any more than Facebook, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they'll they'll be the next ones who are laying off tens of thousands of people, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm a Facebook user instead of Twitter, but... Uh, well, have you been on Twitter lately, though? Uh, haven't. Well, occasionally I look at it. E- Elon's talking about how much activity is happening. And I'll, I'll tell you, I go on once a day just to see what kind of car wreck is happening on there. <laughs> I'm surprised somebody hasn't bought a blue check to pretend to be Jack Harris and start tweeting out weird stuff. Oh, it's a mess right now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, uh, James was just showing me, you know, uh, what was it about Jimmy Fallon? People started up a fake account uh, called Fallon Tonight, and they uh, tweeted out that Jimmy Fallon had died, which is completely false. Oh. But it looks verified. It looks official, Jack. And it's you trending. Just it, spend eight bucks, and you could be officially as many people as you want and spread fake news. Ah. Well, I love having Daniel James Scott in here, our WFLA tech expert. And you can check him out at sparkcatalyst.com, S-P-A-R-K-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T.com. 
and we'll see you next week. Yeah, no fake news. Dana really is alive, and she's here. It's awesome. Yes, yep. indeed, for sure. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and time for John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 6.54 on AM Tampa Bay, well, it was good to have my first morning here with Dana McKay, the newest member of our triad. And it was great to be here with you, Jack. I'm looking forward to many more fun mornings. Oh, All yes, the indeed. Yes, indeed. The, the new trio is Jack, James, and Dana. I like it. Yep, sounds good. By the way, nearly a survey done here that nearly 25% of home buyers want to escape big cities like Los Angeles and New York. And uh, I don't know, Redfin, whoever that is. Oh, it's a online website where uh, you could look at and uh, homes that are for sale. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a Zillow. Yeah, they say the most popular places people are going, Sacramento, California is number one, Miami, number two, Las Vegas, number three, San Diego, number four, and then Tampa is number five. And two other Florida cities make it. Uh, Phoenix, number six, but then Cape Coral, that's here in Florida, is number seven. And then Northport, Sarasota is number eight. Uh, And then Dallas, number nine. Portland, number ten. So they're leaving the big, huge cities like New York and L.A. for still cities but smaller like Tampa. Yeah. And the cities they're leaving most are Detroit, number one, Denver, two, Minneapolis, uh, New York City, and San Francisco. So that's... And then L.A. is number six, Boston, number seven, Washington, number eight, Seattle, number nine, Chicago, number ten. Can we work on the roads here to support all these new people? Because the roads are crazy now. Oh, boy, ain't that the truth. Well, but let me say this. I moved back to Tampa Bay from the D.C. area. Oh, really? I I lived there for seven years, and we decided to move back a year ago. Did you live in the White House? No, I did not. Uh, the gray house. <laughs> I lived in a townhouse because it's ah. so expensive up there that I couldn't afford to live in a real house. <laughs> Tell me about it. My son lives up there, so we hear about how expensive it is all the time. What town did you live in? Did you live in D.C.? So, no. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't afford to live in D.C. No, we lived in Gaithersburg, Maryland, which Gaithersburg, is yeah. which is Montgomery County near, near Bethesda. Yep. I lived there back in the mid-70s in Virginia. Right. Well, those are the suburbs. People who don't live in D.C., they either live in Montgomery County or they live in Northern Virginia. And then they drive two hours to get to work. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Or or take Metro, which is, you know, more like an hour. And at least you're not, you know, dealing with the stress of traffic. I'll have to tell a Metro story sometime on the air here. Oh, yes. The D.C. Metro. Yep. It's 6.57 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up. Hi.